0: Sometimes we feel paralyzed by fear and body hatred in order to feel better about ourselves and live the life we really want to manifest we have to own up to our difficult feelings and self-sabotaging thoughts and behaviors we all enter this world naked now it's time to feel good naked no matter what your body size or life circumstances this is feel good naked radio and your host is la redmond On this program, Laura will help you become more embodied, self-empowered, and mindful to take charge of whom you really are and to live the life you deserve to live. Now, here is your host, Laura Redmond.
1: Welcome to Feel Good Naked Radio. I am your host, Laura Redmond, and this is the show where you get takeaway tools. Takeaway tools to live a better life happier, more embodied life. These are mind-body-soul tools, and today is one of the most important topics I could imagine speaking about with an honorable expert who I will introduce momentarily. Today we're talking about divorce, and I do believe that divorce is perhaps one of the most devastating experiences a person can endure It is so painful. It usually includes betrayal and confusion. And I don't think there is any mistake or misunderstanding why divorce puts people at a greater risk for suicide. This is a very serious topic. And I'm very thankful to have with me today Mickey Mickey McWade is a psychotherapist. She's an author of several books, and she is a collaborative divorce coach. Mickey's books include Getting Up, Getting Over, Getting On, A 12-Step Guide to Divorce Recovery, Daily Meditations for Surviving a Breakup, Healing You, Healing Me, A Divorce Support Group Leader's Guide and Moving Towards Mastery in Collaborative Divorce. Mickey, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having me, Laura. Uh, pleasure to be here.
1: I'm so glad that you're coming on the show today because I really do think right now it's it's a very hot topic. Every grocery store, you can't help but see Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt on the cover of... Every magazine and the trauma and tragedy of going through divorce with children adds such a different intensity to the fire. Um, but I want to open today just by letting our listeners know what you would say is the motivation and the purpose of what you do and and how you do it. Collaborative is such a positive word when it comes to divorce. So. Let us all hear more about what brought you to this world of divorce and and what you feel is the purpose that you share with the world in the work that you do.
2: Um, Great question. Big question. Um, First of all, I went through divorce myself, and at the time I did that was, was 1993. There wasn't an awful lot of support available, and I've since heard so many stories negative stories about divorce and divorce as you said is a very negative experience no matter how you go through it it's not pleasant but there are ways that you can uh, that a couple can divorce that minimize the damage to themselves to their children to their finances and so forth you know I've learned a lot about alternative dispute resolution in my uh, practice over the last 20 years Uh, collaborative divorce as you mentioned is a fairly new model in that it's been practiced for around 10, 12 years. So it's not brand new by any means, but it's uh, rel- relative to the courts. It's a, it's a lot newer than that modality. And it's an opportunity for people to sit together and solve their problems with legal help, emotional coaching, mental health services, as well as financial services. So it's, it's an integrative way to take care of the family versus um, me against you, setting up parents, especially uh, people who have children, as enemies, which is, you know, so counterproductive.
1: Well, and I think to that point, you know, one of the greatest disservices that we can do in a divorce is to think that by fighting hard and fighting mean, that it will eventually go away. That only adds a more depressing, a more negative outcome down the road, even after you're divorced, especially if there are children. And I want to spend a whole, um, a a large time today talking about the children part. But before we go to that, I just want to kind of tell anyone out there listening that not only is Mickey, you know, letting you know that she's been through Divorce. I too am a child of divorce and now I'm a divorced woman. And I must say that in my own life, there is nothing that has been more destabilizing uh, than divorce t- for my life. So we're coming from a personal perspective and we're also coming from the place of having gone through it and now being on the other side trying to help you if you're out there struggling and trying to find a way through your struggle that will either end up being a divorce or you're contemplating divorce, what we're here to tell you is we know what it feels like when you're in that place. It's utterly devastating. It's horrible. But there are ways you can do it. And and sometimes when you're in the thick of it, you don't think that. You feel so triggered and combative and... um, you know it's 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 it it can it can not only split up a family i think many times it splits up entire communities so this is a big topic today it's a big issue and what we're here to do today is to try to really speak to you from not only an experiential place but a practical place where you can hold on to certain tools that will give you a much brighter future once you get through this aspect of the process, which is called divorce. I, I think it's worse than death because everyone's still alive, but it has the same qualities of death. How would you speak to the idea, Mickey, of death and divorce being the same sort of situation?
2: Well, death, um, divorce is a death of a relationship, of a particular family structure. There's a lot of loss um, for children, as you mentioned. We'll get into that separately, but uh, for them it's a loss of of living with both parents. Uh, There's a lot of loss and um, proverbial death in this case because life as we've known it is not going to continue. Life is going to change. That doesn't mean that it's not going to be good again. It just means that it's death of the old. And there is a lot of grief associated with it. And the longer the marriage, usually the longer the grief period. Um, Some of us got married when we were, you know, very young adults and were married throughout our whole lives. And so, say, 45, 50 years old, you find yourself in the midst of a divorce. Well, your whole adult life, as you've known it, is going to be drastically different. So. There is a lot of loss and feelings of grief, Um, even if the marriage wasn't good, even if there were a lot of negatives about it, it's still the loss or death of the familiar. And as human beings, we really like things to be familiar, even if they're not so good.
1: Well, and and I think everything is utterly upturned, unearthed, the ground fully breaks open, and you, you don't really know what anything means anymore because, as you say, if you've gone through your midlife, your younger life, now you're getting into your older years even, and really wherever you go through a divorce, you have logged time, you have logged memories, you have logged family. You have become a community, not only within your marriage, but within those social circles and neighborhoods and conjoining families that include relatives and siblings and parents. So it's a huge break in that kind of structure that has made sense and no longer does make sense. And as Mickey just said, I think there's really enormously uh, positive opportunities that do exist as you walk through it. But what I was trying to say earlier is that those opportunities only will become positive if you go through your divorce with integrity and respect and that is the hardest thing to do when you are completely ignited by the loss, the confusion, and the complete upheaval of your life as you've known it.
2: There's something I would like to add into that, uh, Laura, is that the um, the Greek chorus, the people who may be advising and saying, uh, you know, go for it, get tough, get strong, you know, make sure you get everything you can and really push the adversarial point of view because of their own experiences in the past or they think they're doing something that's right for the person, their friend, their child, their sister, whatever it may be, Um, they are often incorrect. They often give bad advice, even though they mean well and they want the best for their the person they're talking to, but it's important to really find out from experts um, that this is something that needs to be taken care of So, um, by the experts, somebody who can actually advise what's happening. So um, that's what I'm suggesting, to get help, get real advice, understand from experts um family law attorneys, collaborative uh, divorce coaches, or just people who do work with people going through divorce to the therapists, because most people don't know how to do it. They don't know what the real truth is, unless, because they haven't done it before. So, um, go to a good source, as opposed to taking advice from people who mean well, but may really not know what's going on. Also, the divorce laws change all the time, and they vary from state to state, so Um, Make sure you get good advice is is my suggestion.
1: Well, and this new program that's out called Divorce Court really does address what you're saying about the business of divorce. And if you're going through the most vulnerable time in your whole life and you have no idea what the laws are, what the legalities mean, and you start to go down the path of getting help or consultation, you don't you're not realizing in that vulnerable moment that it is a business and the people that are in the business of divorce are in it for the purpose of you know profit so that is the least helpful part of That that is the, the last thing you need if you're going through it. So I think one of the things you're saying, and this is a takeaway tool, is check in with yourself when you are seeking the help of the others, the experts. Make sure that your soul and your mind and your body feel really good about the person that you are using as the one that is going to be the expert in a business and an industry that you know nothing about and that literally takes you to your knees. When we come back, Mickey, I'd like to really get deep about the child part, the children of divorce and what that means and how that also changes the landscape in in quite a um, meaningful and important way. We'll be right back.
2: Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones. Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology Live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time On Voice America Variety
3: Ask the experts Call toll-free right now 1-866-472-5787 And ask our all-star team to answer your question That's 1-866-472-5787 Thank you for calling VoiceAmerica.com
0: Listening to Feel Good Naked Radio with Laura Redman. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to feelgoodnakedradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show.
1: You are listening to Feel Good Naked. I am your host, Laura Redmond. Today we are talking about divorce with Mickey McWade, who is an expert in the divorce field and is a woman that supports the concept of collaborative divorce, which is a newer term in the last 10 years. In the divorce field, I think um, just the word collaboration automatically feels better to me than the sorts of words that are normally associated with divorce. And collaboration and a collaborative mindset is a wonderful way to talk about the child and the children of divorce when a divorce does include children. And I want to really hit this from a new angle today because one of the things that I find very hard to find any literature about is an older child going through divorce. A lot of times in midlife when people realize their marriage does not have what it takes to grow old together, you often hear them say things such as, well, let's just wait till the kids are out of school and on to college or in new jobs to get divorced. Let's wait till the children are out of the house to get divorced. Let's do this when they're older. We'll stay married, but um, we know privately we're not going to be married down the road but let's wait let's wait till the kids are of a certain age and I want to tell everyone out there listening that is not a service to a child that does not make it any easier for a child and one of the great things that I learn often in my coaching practice is the trauma that it causes a child when their family breaks up does not lighten because they're older a child that goes through a divorce is a child that is having an experience that is very different from the parents' experience, and I think the great mistake we make is thinking it's the same. Mickey, can you weigh in on that?
2: Sure. You're right in that the children's experience is something that's very, very different. Their perspective is very different than the parents' perspective, um, and it's really very different. I can't emphasize that enough. And the problem is that parents who are divorcing and going through this minefield for a while, this emotional minefield, get very absorbed in their own feelings—the grief we talked about late, uh, before, um, anxiety about the future, a very uh, you know emotional about one spouse being with another partner maybe. There are lots of different things. Being excluded from a, fa- a family event on the other side that they've always been included on, there are many things that are very difficult for the uh, couple. The kids, though, whether they're old or young, uh, I mean, by old, I mean 18 to 25, or whether they're, you know, three or four years old, they are upset by the reality that has been changed. Mom and Dad are always together Mom, When I go home, I see both my parents when i'm or I'm at home for a younger child. My parents are there now, all of a sudden, a child or a young adult has to deal with them separately, and for a younger child, the um, going back and forth, packing bags going back and forth from mom's house to dad's house, uh, adjusting to different kinds of um, um, rules and um, customs in each house. You know, what's allowed in one house is not allowed in another house and so forth. So the kids who are younger have to adapt to that. Um, older kids don't have that as much, especially if they're in college, but they still have to see, make sure they see both their parents when they come home on break because it's going to be an ordeal if it's not. You know, if if uh, well, if, if a child comes home, an 18-, 19-year-old comes home from college and only stays with mom and doesn't see dad, dad's going to be hurt, dad's going to be upset. There can be um, jealousy back and forth about, you know, who's paying as much attention to the other one, the other parent. Kids have a lot more to consider um, And it doesn't end for them, where parents of uh, people who are divorced will eventually settle in their own homes, in their own places, have their own lives. Generally speaking, this is what happens. People remarry, a majority of people remarry after a time. And they're kind of settled. But the kids always have to consider... um, Navigate. Navigate the, the waters and it can be really difficult. It can be really hard and there are ways to make it easier for them, the older ones now we're talking about, uh, because I think the age group, 18 to 25 or so, is special. You know, there, there's this, people tend to treat them as adults because they are adults, you know, they're legally, but on the other hand, they're still very young. Do you want me to talk about that, Laura, or do you have a specific question about that? Well, I
1: I, want to get back to the 18 to 25 age group because I think that is the missing group in this concept of opening up dialogue about divorce, but I also want to say that... um, going from mom's house to mom's house. This this is any couple that's married or creates a family with children, whether you're two women married, two men living together or a heterosexual mode of, you know, the typical family, which is the husband, the wife. So in our world today, we have partnerships and marriages that include all sorts of different ways to call a family a family. And I think when children are involved, that is a family, whatever your sexuality or sexual preferences. So I just want to add that because in today's world, we, we no longer, thankfully, are just operating within a heterosexual model. But the children, the children are living with the loss of stability and what they knew to mean family. So for a child, the meaning of family is how they're brought into this world, and that often creates a combined threesome, foursome, fivesome, but everyone's living under the same roof. You have the same Christmas holiday. You have the same Jewish holiday. You have the same traditions. Everyone is working as a unit, a family. And when that breaks up for that child, There is nothing similar for the child that would be the same thing that the adults are going through. And and yes, if you're younger or under 18, just to simplify the point of age, that's going to be different than if you're older than 18. But no matter what, I just want to emphasize again and again that that is a loss for a child that is very different than the loss for the adult. And I think when the egos of the adult are going through a divorce – Oftentimes, the parents think, oh, this is going to be what what I'm going through is going to be what my child is going through. Not at all. Or let me get my child in on this because I want them to feel my heartbreak. Their heartbreak is happening as well. So I'm very passionate about this because I think that children get put into a false category that is not helping them get through this, and reach the other side. Now there's the 18 to 25-year-old age group. Again, I often hear in my coaching practice people thinking it's a good idea to wait until the child is older to get divorced. That is not true. That is not even a little bit true because, in fact, that child has had even more time living within that family unit, having the one household And not only are they going through the changes of becoming a young adult, but now their family's breaking up. So I really want to debunk the myth that it's better to wait. It is not. It is important that you always consider the heart and the needs of the child or the young adult, or even the adult, who is going to be devastated by the family breaking up. So this does not have an age limit where it gets better for the child. I think that is the adult's ego trying to make it better, thinking it will be better. That is not the case for the child.
2: I think the one thing that is easier in some respects is that if the children are more established as adults, like in their dorm room, you know, in their apartment with roommates, it's not quite as excruciating changing houses you know that part is true, where you don't have to—they don't have to move back and forth all the time. However, um, they do when they're home. You know, it's when they come home for their break. As we said before, they do have to be sure. They usually want to be sure that they see both parents. So, the um, the thing that's harder about the 18 to 25 year old, uh, first of all, adolescence is defined today until 25. Um, because the prefrontal cortex of the brain is not fully developed into an adult brain until around 25 years old. So that's just something to keep in mind. Once, in New York State anyway, which is the only state I can really talk about definitively, once a child is 18, they are no longer um, a parenting plan or custody or whatever is no longer in place for them. So the parents don't have to make plans. The kids can kind of, you know, fluctuate on their own. They can go back and forth as they see fit. But sometimes that's not helpful. In, with younger kids, a parenting plan is put in place so that this is the way it's done. Okay, Tuesday we do this. Every other weekend we do that. There is things that are uh, put in place. Holidays, this year it's my turn, next year it's your turn, and we go back and forth. For an 18-year-old, this is not in place unless the parents choose to do it. And in my practice, I encourage parents of kids 18 and above to make a plan about what they'll do for the holidays, what their expectations are, it's negotiable, actually, with an older person, with an older child, certainly with an adult uh, child, but at least the kids know what the expectations are. And they don't have to try to figure out, should I go to mom's house for Thanksgiving? Or is it, whose turn is it for Hanukkah, you know, the first night of Hanukkah or whatever. So. It's, it's Parents will do uh, their kids, their older kids, a favor if they can talk it over, which involves collaboration, and kind of decide whose year it is, and then let the kids know because it's an enormous relief to adult kids if they are um, included in the plans but that the plans are approved of by both mom and dad So, if mom's talking, she can say, Dad and I agreed that this year it's me for Christmas, and next year you'll go to him for Christmas. That's an enormous relief for the older children. So, they don't have to try to make it up and make everybody happy operating in the dark.
1: Oh, for sure. And I just, even when you just said that, I can imagine for. We agreed that 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 sentence alone is so helpful to a child. We agreed that, um, and whatever that is, is such a relief when the child realizes that even though their whole world has blown up, they do have two or three or four people, however many are in that family that has broken up. That you know, there's a great deal of compassion. And support for making it easier for them. Therefore, we agreed that is just a great lead in sentence. Um, And that's a good takeaway from today if you're trying to figure out how to communicate some of this to the children or the young adult in in your lives. We'll be right back. (laughs)
3: Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You are listening to Feel Good Naked Radio with Laura Redmond. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That number again is 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to feelgoodnakedradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show.
1: You are listening to Feel Good Naked Radio. I am your host, Laura Redmond, and today we are talking about divorce. We went to commercial talking about ways that parents can make it easier on a child no matter what their age. And how to take the ego out of the fight, which is between the two people that have chosen to get divorced. It should never be leaked into the reality of the child who is losing something that is profoundly impactful in their life and will impact their life for the rest of their days. So one of the things that I want to get into, Mickey, is actual takeaway tools that people can use in their lives as they go through this catastrophic time that we call divorce. And we hear a lot of these spoken about, but I want to take them just a little bit deeper. And and one of the things we always hear is, don't say bad things about your ex. And I'm going to add to that, don't say bad things about your ex's new partner. If there is a new partner in the scene, which is often the... Trigger That will send the divorce into full throttle and um, ego fighting and anger and all the horrible things that include a negative divorce. There are positive divorces and, and we'll end with that today maybe on a happy note or a positive note because I think there are really impressive you know, conscious uncouplings, which I I do like that term. I think it's a good one, Gwyneth Paltrow. But the thing is, you don't ever want to say anything bad about your ex because when you criticize your ex or their partner, that might be that new partner, you criticize your child. So think about that for a moment. You may think that you are gaining popularity with your child because you're putting down that other parent, but you're actually making that child feel demeaned and criticized personally. Can you weigh in on that a little bit for me, Mickey? Yes,
2: it's true uh, what you say that children do take that personally because how many times have they heard something like, oh, you're just like your dad. You have his eyes or you have his nose or, or whatever or your mom. You know, they've heard this throughout their lives from various relatives on each side of the family that they are just like, you know, one of the other parents. And so when the other parent is being denigrated, they do feel it. It, it, does, um, it does hit them emotionally and self-esteem-wise. The other thing I can say is that kids, especially school-age kids, are really very tuned into being fair. And, um, you know, that's some of the things they are navigating uh, child development-wise. And so they're, they're listening to this. Um, they're listening to bad mouthing, and they are not um, happy with it. For um, to a large degree, judging the other parent is something that. Um, so, if I'm judging my ex-husband, they may turn in the end on me because I was so mean and unfair judging, you know, my husband or their dad. So it's it can turn it can really turn on a person it can turn on the parent who's doing the criticizing so you really want to be careful about that and it also really makes it hard for the other for the child to navigate the relationship between mom and dad and the truth is that kids need both parents one should not be excluded from the lives of the, of the children if at all possible sometimes if a parent is you know not safe in that they're drunk when they have the children or they're, you know, they tend to be um, physical or if the child is not safe, that's a different story. So let's exclude those things. That's a different category. But otherwise, in general, kids do best when they're in touch and in relationship with both parents. It will unlikely be to the same degree you know, with each person, but they definitely need to know that both parents care about them and that they are welcome with both parents. This is incredibly important for their growth and development. There's no way a good mom can also be a good dad and
1: vice versa. Well, and it... Sorry. That's okay. Well, I, I want you to also, though, include when that mom or that dad has a third party, a new partner, that if that birth parent is still putting down that new partner to the child that is putting down that parent that is with that new partner. And I don't think that's understood.
2: Yes, I think that that's a very valid point. Um, And the, the one thing I would like to say, though, is that kids really like to be with their parent and not always have the other person around. So I just want to stick that in that um, kids like um, you know, individual time with their, say, dad, for example, and that he should be sure, or the same goes for mom, but if, if um, he's a parent, then to have special time with the kids without the significant other, as well as with the significant other. But, yes, to denigrate the, the other partner just keeps the um, hostility alive, which is not good for children, for sure, if they're in the middle of that.
1: No and it's hard it's hard on the parent that is dealing with the third party and if you are that third party which I've been in that position myself and and it's you know a lot of times when you are the third party which was my personal story with my marriage that is no longer You know, you you may not know what's really happening between the two people because the person you're with will be telling you a story that maybe isn't accurate or doesn't match with the other parent's experiences, but you don't know that if you're in that role of being the new partner. What I think is really helpful as the new partner is to let that parent have that alone time with those children, no matter what their age, so that they can establish a safety between them that goes back to the core family
2: right, I agree totally,
1: and I think the whole third party thing is 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 a whole nother radio show, but I do believe it's it's very tricky when you do enter into a relationship, whether you are that third party or whether you are the new partner that has been you know that the divorcee has been divorced for a long time you're still the new part of the family. And if that family had children, there is so much complexity that happens when that new person enters the story. And when that new person enters the story, they don't understand often what has happened before they get there. So they may be thinking it's a different reality than it is, but for that child, whether they like that new person or not that new person is with their mom or dad so that new person has now become part of this family that be, you know is the quote blended family which is often not the case but is important that each person really respects the child's well-being within that story no matter what that story includes and it may include many different versions of the truth which is much harder on the child than everybody sticking with the same story
2: true, and I I would also suggest that if um, there will be an introduction of a new partner, to do it very slowly, to do it very slowly, not to expect a child to accept a new person um, right off the bat, because it doesn't happen that way, and sometimes people who are in love, they, um, you know, are in a pink cloud, I call it, and think everybody's going to be fine with it. Because they love this person, and they see only good in this person, but that 's not the child 's reality, as Mm-mm. we said before a child 's reality of this whole experience is very different
1: and, and I think that gets back to what I really want to again give people stuff to take away from the show that you know when you create children, when you are in a life with children you must realize that their experience is very different than yours. And that's why it's important to open the lines of communication with your child. You know, don't don't assume that they are going to have the reaction or response that you have, but ask them to talk to you. Ask them to tell you how they feel. And don't judge it and don't react to it as if it's bad or it's the wrong way to feel. Just give them a vessel of communication that might be helped with a coach or a collaborative therapist, but mostly you want to let that child communicate what their reality is. And even young children can do that if they feel safe enough to be able to express themselves honestly. What would you say about the communication process that you have noticed within a collaborative divorce? How do you advise Parents that are divorcing to let their children communicate and honor the communication process. How would you say that is most effectively done?
2: Well, I think you covered it pretty well, Laura. I think that, um, you know, to ask the kids if they have, uh, you know, make sure you have quiet time with them. And sometimes it works really well to be doing an activity, maybe, you know, going out for a walk or playing a board game or. Um, not so much watching TV, because that can be too absorbing, but, um, you know, doing something, sitting at the beach, and just open open the conversation without trying to direct it. Do you have anything you want to tell me? How are you doing? Um, ask how questions, not, um, not and, and what, you know, what do you think about this? What are your concerns? You know, just ask them general questions. Kids are going to have problems um, and, you know, difficulties in adolescence particularly because it's a tough stage. And they're going to have that whether or not you're getting a divorce. You know, there are certain just life stages that are more problematic than others. But um, And sometimes I remember my children were all adolescents when I went through my divorce A long time ago now, and they would get annoyed with me because I'd ask them every so often and say, Mom, not everything's about the divorce, which is also true. You know, you may get that feedback, but but just checking, you know, just checking. And your point, I think, was a very good one, not to then judge it, because if you say, no, you're wrong, you shouldn't feel that way, things like that, then they, they will shut down. They won't talk to you if they feel like they can't talk to you, so... Your point was good, you know, don't judge, just listen.
1: Well, and an, another really great takeaway is what you're saying is is to create maybe an activity that makes it a little less pressure to talk about feelings that are hard. The other one I love is to do it while you're in the car and you're driving because yes. studies show that if a child does not see your eyes, they're more likely to tell you the truth. So if you're driving and your children are in the car, and you lighten up the, you know, it's, it's a heavy conversation, but you can lighten it up, you know, like talking about a movie where there might be a divorce in the story or, you know, and saying, well, how does that feel to you? And, and does that remind you of what's happened with me and daddy? Or does that feel like something that you've been through with your family or our family? And I think that car gives that child safety without being uh, interrogated. So how you choose to talk to the child and depending upon the child's age is um, a really important takeaway tool. But if the child is older, getting back to that 18 to 25-year-old age group, then I think that is another way to consider communicating over a meal or while walking or while hanging out at the house, cleaning together, doing something that is an activity, but for sure checking in and saying, by the way, how are you feeling about the holiday? holidays that are coming up or what are you feeling would work out best you know as we approach your birthday you know get their opinion as the young adult child but then also say we that we part that we said earlier we've been thinking that it would be really fun at the holidays or at your birthday and this requires you to have a line of communication with your ex that is the high road the healthy road the road that is in the best interest of the child we'll be right back
0: listening to feel good naked radio with lara redmond to reach the show today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to feelgoodnakedradio at gmail.com now back to this week's show
1: You are listening to Feel Good Naked Radio. I'm your host, Laura Redman. Today we are talking about divorce, how to move through the massive darkness of divorce and how to help the children in your life if they are part of that transition. When we went to break, Mickey wanted to add something to what we were just saying about how to communicate well with a child of divorce. Mickey, would you please weigh in on that?
2: Sure. Sure. Um, we were talking about using the uh, familiar term that your children call each of you. So um, say, for example, a child asks you if, um, you know, when you go to daddy's, can you take um, a teddy bear or whatever? And then you I mean, this is a poor example because, it's, of course, you'd say yes. But um, you can, with a question, you can say, let me speak to daddy and I will, um, I'll get back to you. Or, uh, let me talk to mom about this and see if she thinks it's appropriate. Or whatever it may be, but use the term that your children use for you. So it's mom and dad, mommy and daddy, mama and papa, whatever it is, um, use those terms instead of saying, I'll talk to your father and, or you talk to your father even worse. Um, use the intimate terms because it makes it feel more family-like and for the children that is important to feel like there's still that intimate connection between them and their parent even if it doesn't exist between mom and dad it does exist between the kids and their parents so it's important to maintain that Um, just that language change takes tension out of the um, the conversation and Hopefully, adults will be having conversations about trying to um, make decisions about what's best for the child and then tell the child that mom and dad have discussed this and this is the outcome, um, as opposed to having the child have to ask one of them and then report back. That's a disaster. We don't want that that.
1: No, and that's a great takeaway in terms of what to, how to label or identify or call that other parent. And I think what all of this leads to, Mickey, is how to take the high road. So that leads me to the whole idea of conscious uncoupling, which I just, I really do love that term. And I wanted you to talk about in your career and in your time um, as a collaborative. Divorce coach and a therapist, and someone who's been through divorce, what would you say are maybe two or three things that would be hand in hand with a conscious uncoupling and how to do that well?
2: Well, first, I would say um, Stephen Covey's concepts of the seven habits of highly effective people. The first one is begin with the end in mind, meaning that Mm. um, five years from now, if you're going through a divorce, How would you want to think about your own behavior throughout the divorce when you look back? How would you like your children to see your behavior? Because they are watching and they are making value judgments as well. So act in the way that in five years from now, you would want your children to say, you know, my mom really did it in the best way she could, as opposed to my mom was an raging maniac, you know? So think about that. Because this will lay out the whole path Um, and realize that if you have children, this is the second bullet, um, if you have children, you will be in the same room at times until forever, you know, until one of you isn't around anymore. Because there will always be graduations, whether it's kindergarten or middle school or whatever it may be, college, weddings. Um, births of grandchildren, then grandchildren's events. No one likes to miss those things, nor should they. And kids love to have their grandparents around. So this is a long-term relationship. If you have children, this is not ever over. It's only transformed. And so it's kind of begin with the end in mind. If you think about having your, um, say your daughter is giving birth, and you're waiting in the hospital for the baby to be born and there's high excitement and you're sitting with your ex because he wants to be there too. Yeah. How do you get there? How do you how do you arrive at a place where you can be comfortable doing that? And it starts with the divorce process. You know, in terms of trying to work it out amicably as possible.
1: Well and I do believe that a broken heart is an opportunity. So um, it's it's a heartbreaking reality when a marriage can't sustain you know the long the long road um, although I do believe some marriages do have a beginning a middle and an end and they and they do not make it till death do us part and that's best however the opportunities that are there when you go through that sort of devastation I think those are so important to focus on and very much to your point you are are not going to, this partner that you're divorcing is going to be in your life. You're not going to never hear their name again or know what their new life includes. So you might as well create a foundation, a space, and a forum that invites comfort with that idea Certainly, if those children in your life are important to you, and I certainly hope they are, if you have parented children and had children, then you must remember that they will always bring you together. And that opportunity is the opportunity that you don't want to mess up if you don't have to.
2: And even if only one of you takes the high road, it makes a tremendous difference.
1: Mm, Thank you. Yes, (laughs) that's so helpful to hear. And I totally believe that. And you have to bite your hand sometimes. I mean, you know, there there are times where you just want so badly to say something because your child may have an impression that you know is not true or didn't happen or doesn't include the reality of the story outside of the child's life, but you don't say it. You don't comment. You just bite that hand metaphorically so you don't put that child in that position to feel like there are enemy lines within their family, that child's family. Yes. And I Uh, think any, sorry.
2: There's one thing I would like, well, I mean, I could add a million things. I've been working at this a long time, so (laughs) I have so many thoughts, Laura. It's hard to, like, control myself. But um, a child psychiatrist once told me that um, to make all decisions based on what's good for the children So if you're just trying to decide whether to say something or not, to do something or not, to give something or not, think about, is this in the best interest of my child? And if it's not, don't do it.
1: It's not worth it. It's not worth it to do that sort of damage to their psyche or their future relationships. It is not worth it. And I do think, again, going back to that 18 to 25-year-old age group, which really... I wish you could write a book, please, for everyone that has a young adult in that age, that age limit that is going through this kind of loss. What those tools could be for that child, because it's so different than the young adolescent. But, but don't speak to that young adult in any sort of adversial way or adversarial way about that other parent or their partners, because that damages their soul self so deeply. So take the high road. And Mickey, what's one, one thing that you would say, give, give everyone out there, one thing that you would say is an absolute important high road tool that anyone can do, even if they're connected into the anger of the divorce or the the fight. What can someone do in that horribly challenging time that reflects the high road?
2: The the critical step one idea is that you can't control another human being, but you can control yourself, and that's the key. Control yourself. Manage your state, as Tony Robbins says. Make mature decisions. Don't react. Think before you, you lash out, because we can't control the other person. We can't turn them into something that they're not. We can change ourselves, though, and the thing that I've seen going through my own divorce is that I have grown in many ways that I never would have grown had I stayed married. I'm not endorsing divorce, but um, divorce has benefits, and that is that you grow in compassion for other people, and you learn to manage yourself if you're smart, practice managing your emotions and your actions, and um, keep the kids at the forefront.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mickey McWade, thank you so very much. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for these invaluable tools. And um, I really do believe that there is great opportunity on the other side of divorce, but you have to do your divorce well. So with that, please keep your heart open. Be conscious of your choices vocally. And most of all, remember that you complete you.
0: Thank you for listening to Feel Good Naked Radio with Lar Redmond. Please join us again live next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until our next show, be you and feel great in your own skin.